0: Hello and welcome to We've Get the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. And uh, we've seen Robin Hood. The new Robin Hood. There have been so many. Yes. Uh, the new one with uh, Taron Egerton as The Hood. Ugh. Slash Robin of Loxley. <laughs> uh, no point. There's one point where the film threatens to do the, and here's the title of the film bits. Where he says, I don't mind if you call me Robin of Loxley. I don't mind if you call me the Hood. You think he's going to go, in fact,
1: call me Robin Hood. <laughs> 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 Luckily, it, it avoids that. Um, <laughs> it, it doesn't avoid much else. Though it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have no. been
0: entirely out of place. There is there is quite a lot of corniness in it.
1: Yes. Um, well, Corniness has been kind. I think there's a lot of ineptitude to the whole thing.
0: Mm. It, it, it avoids it, and... I guess, in a way, you don't kind of see why. Like, another thing it avoids pretty pretty assiduously is Sherwood Forest, which is sort of centre to so much of the action of the Robin Hood story.
1: This is such a wrong-headed movie.
0: And it just... It, Sherwood Forest... Well, they mention it twice. And in fact, they mention the forest, and then they mention Sherwood Forest. And when you see them in the forest right at the end, you go, oh, that's Sherwood Forest. And it turns out that's not even Sherwood Forest.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird. It's, this is it's, such all, a...
0: it's all set in this kind of town around... Around the castle and the and the um, uh, and the church, which are imposing, I mean, it's kind of an
1: interesting setting, but it it do, it departs. From. It's like they tried to make a steampunk movie, but in medieval times. That's, <laughs> not,
0: that's not quite true. It's not not steampunk exactly. They do. There are some there are some uh, some weird inventions with technology where you have. I mean, I think actually those that's one of the charming things about it, where you where you see Robin in the Crusades, and it's filmed like Black Hawk Down. I said, to you in the well, cinema. It's, it's
1: filmed like like they were doing the Iraq War, but with arrows. Exactly. Way I mean, it's it, it's a very uh, very
0: simple sort of metaphor. Yeah. Um,
1: but one of the things that they have
0: is is like rocket launchers, but with arrows, and bazookas, but with arrows, and these kind of you know surface-to-air missiles, but with arrows. Well, which that's, I thought was kind that, of that's,
1: fun. Well, that's kind of where I was getting by. You know, steampunk, but steampunk, but in medieval times. That's what I mean. Just, but
0: that's the limit of it.
1: Well, no, because there's also like I mean the reason for having the the mines, you know, and making everything so dark, and you know, I think th- I think they are trying for a look, and actually, I do think that the design and again the costumes are are very interesting, but it's the kind of thing that if they had said this is Robin Hood in an alternate universe, it would have made sense, right? Because you know they're wearing kind of those those futuristic kind of Costumes, really? Uh, well, they're
0: uh, out of place. Futuristic is. Uh, I, I think. I think what's misleading about the word about the word steampunk is steampunk means it, like sci-fi, like sci-fi, a sci-fi combination of sort of futuristic technology with with the past. I mean, normally it's like the the eighteen hundreds, mm. Victorian times. You're talking about that. I don't think is what this film's doing, well, with the exception of those bits of arrow weaponry. <laughs>
1: And, and the building of the underground trains, you know, like, I mean, before there were any, <laughs> any tracks or trains. Mm. Like, it, it has it has a few elements. But yeah? that, but the, but, but the that,
0: arrows themselves. But that is... I think that the subtlety is that that is not, um, like, sci-fi technology. It's just out of place. The same way that his jacket, you know, is out of place. You just wouldn't have had, like... They wouldn't have sewing okay. machines back then.
1: I'm not saying that it's... You know, a steampunk film, but it's very much like that, and sent in medieval times. And part of the reason why I say it's like that is because it's so dark, everything takes place underground. It has kind of, you know that rusty urban feel rather than, you know, medieval uh, Nottingham. Of yeah. you know the Crusades, right? I mean, all the streets are paved and they're all kind of glossily paved, yeah. rather than kind of muddy with like carts, you know. Yes, so I mean, Everyth-
0: everything's out of place.
1: Yeah, it's this combination yeah. of the mixing of the past and and um, well,
0: it's it's not even I, I, it
1: feels like it's not even that deliberate. Like it's just it, they
0: haven't gone to great pains to make sure that they're being quote unquote historically accurate. I mean, Robin Hood is not. Um, you know, a real person. So no, no, a, but... There's a limit to historic accuracy. But they do start off the no, film by saying... Uh, what's, the, what's the voiceover say? He says... Well, um, everything
1: you expect of Robin Hood.
0: Yeah, no, but the very first lines are really important because it's it's Tim Minchin, I think, doing the voiceover. He's Friar Tuck. And he says, um, I could tell you the year, but I honestly can't remember. Um... Uh, i tell you it's historically accurate, but you wouldn't be interested. Something like that. I mean, it sets up the audience as people who aren't going to care about history, which is a weird thing to do.
1: I mean, well, I don't think so, because, I mean, clearly they're going to disregard it. You see, so, you know, whatever term you want to use, there's a deliberate look and design for the film, Mm. which um, is kind of... You know, it does draw on, I think, steampunk or, you know, all the fire, you know, the mines, the, you know, the urban grotty poverty without light that does have kind of a Victorian feel to it, actually, you know, and then these like super grand palaces... Uh, and cathedrals and you, you know they are that almost look like spaceships, actually, and really the costumes which wouldn't be out of place in an episode of star Trek, so to me that's a deliberate design and a deliberate look there's something that the film is going for with that right
0: mm. it certainly seems to be kind of trying to muddy muddy the waters um like I say, i and I think <clears throat> that those those opening lines are are directly pointing in that direction when he says you know like I say. It says something about you'd be bored by the history.
1: Well, it's true. I mean, it is pointing you in you know in a certain direction. You know, the question is: is it successful? And I thought this was like terribly misjudged on almost every level.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I didn't hate a lot of that, to be honest. Like I said, I think there was some charm um, in in the in the Crusades sequences.
1: Oh, I hated it. Like I
0: said, I, I think it's t- what what is difficult to tell is how much of a sense of humor the film has about itself. It's difficult to tell how down the line it's trying to convince you of this kind of, like I say, Black Hawk Down kind of war thing it's got going, or how much of it is light hearted. Like when you see shoulder mounted bazookas with a rack full of arrows and they're being shot and it's kind of handheld cameras and all this sort of thing.
1: I don't mind that. I kind of, I I, I would have welcomed that actually. Well, that's what, that's what was there. Well, but the reason why I don't welcome it is not because it's like handheld bazookas rather than real arrows that are appropriate to the period. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason why I hated that that whole scene is because the action is so badly shot, and you can't see anything, and you're dizzy, and you can't you can't see where the arrow's going, or you know who is hitting, like you know. And um, it it was just so 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 blunt and overdone and. You know, I hated the accents. You know, I hated that Egerton still has a Cockney accent playing Robin of Loxley, right? Kind of, you know, there, there were just so many elements that seemed kind of mm. out, yeah, misjudged and out of place. And and also, you think they were going for something and they were not quite achieving it. So, you know, the moment where um, uh, uh, L- John's uh, red. Fo- um, Jamie, Jamie Fox's Fox. son is killed, you know, kind of that's meant to be a moment of high melodrama. It's kind of so badly done.
0: Yeah, I mean I agree. I think a lot of it is pretty really badly done, don't get me wrong. <laughs> 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 I
1: think the dialogue for it. Good. You're... <laughs> um, I, um, with, with regards to the action, I don't
0: I, I don't throw my hands up at, at kind of action where um you, it, things are kind of cut quickly, you can't see everything. I mean, you know, we we do talk a lot about being able to see actions completed and being able to kind of tell where you are on the scene and that sort of thing. And I think often that's important and often it can be distracting. And in this film, I think it is a bit. But
1: also, I mean, the Bourne Ultimatum wouldn't have worked if it had been shot like this But I love the Bourne Ultimatum, so that's good, right? So it's a reminder that there's many ways, you know, that one can make action exciting, you know? And maybe my going on about seeing the action completed is you know just one of the ways, uh, but certainly whatever way they tried with this, it's muddled, it, it fails, and it's reasonably right. incompetent. I mean, I think uh, you know the Bourne films have a certain thrill, and you know they're cut to particular r- rhythms, and actually they don't let they don't let you see a completed action, but what they do show you is pretty spectacular, and you know it, it's its own thrill done in a different way. I think, but this was was I uh, you know yeah. I was I mean, bored, but,
0: but I, I don't. I don't kind of throw my hands up, up at it just because it was doing one thing instead of the other. It was. It was just doing it badly. <laughs> it was. It, I mean, it's possible for the kind of action it's doing to be done really, really well. And it, was it just very, wasn't.
1: You know, I thought when I read the, all the reviews, I thought I don't care. I'm going to see it, and I bet that it'll, it's at least fun you know and then kind of when, you, when I read it had such terrible reviews I said oh I don't care I bet you it's the kind of thing that if I see it on TV I'll probably end up watching it or whatever and actually I, I came out of it like yeah. thinking it was even worse than everybody had told me um, and, and I'm and kind of angry about it as well actually well, I can tell uh, uh, well yes because you know this is such a huge budget film and it's got such an amazing cast you know, it's it's a really great cast. It's a it's a dream cast in many ways and to end up with this kind of Incompetent shit is it really offends me? <laughs> um. my, my first thought was who is this bloody, you know fucking Otto Bathurst who got to make this film, you know, it's so crap <laughs> And actually it's the first-time filmmaker so for a first-time filmmaker, you know to have gotten a hundred million dollars to come up with this it's really quite well, something. He's
0: done a lot of TV. He won a BAFTA for, for uh, Peaky Blinders. He won a BAFTA for Peaky Blinders. He's done uh, Black Mirror, um, Criminal Justice.
1: Well, he hasn't made a hustle.
0: Movie. A few other things. So I mean, he's competent enough on sort of TV. But um, you know, I don't know whether, who knows, kind of what got out of hand or whatever on this. But it's just, it is. Um, sort of all over the place there are lines of dialogue as well which I think there are points I mean for one thing it's the whole start of the film is going is doing tell don't show instead of show don't tell yeah. where Tim Minchin's voiceover is getting so absurdly sort of in your face and annoying where he's going this isn't the story that you think you know you know, the, forget everything you think you know about Robin Hood. He wasn't this thief. First, he was someone else. And you go, just leave it, man. I know that you're going to show me the origin story of Robin Hood, whatever. way you can, you don't have to kind of pound it into me that, like, oh, I didn't know this special. <laughs> you know, really
1: wound me up. Um, uh, I hated so much. You know, one of the things that drove me crazy about it. Yeah. You think it's fucking Robin Hood, right? And here, it, like, the whole film looked battleship grey with amber tones, you know. It looked like it had been made in a submarine, It was the extremely whole thing. badly lit at points. Uh, I mean, there
0: are shots where, a shot of F. F Marie Abraham, for instance, um, as as the cardinal, there's a shot of him where it's like it's his intimidating close-up and his face is entirely in shadow. It's really, really weird. Yeah. They, they just didn't like that. I couldn't get. I couldn't understand why that was. Yeah. and that's and that's not just that shot. There's a lot uh, with with Ben Mendelsohn as well. Again, kind of looking intimidating, I mean, and he's just in this kind of blank shadow.
1: It's weird. And like so, so, so many things bothered me. So Egerton has his Cockney accent. Mendelsohn has his Australian. You know, it's all in Sherwood Forest. Right? Like, you know, it does, yeah, they they've, they've not even tried to come up with a scheme. You know, for for accents or anything. I do not think he had his. Australian Tim Minchin had his Australian.
0: You could hear it poking through.
1: Well, you, I, for me, I could hear you know Mendelssohn poking through. Mm. Um, but anyway, those are even kind of minor things in relation. I, I thought also he gave a very bad performance, Mendelssohn. And he I'm should, should huge... have been
0: camping it up some more when Efrim Abram comes in and he charges and he's, charges the and film, he's doing the he? and he's doing his Italian. I am in charge. Of yes, yeah, you know, that he's fantastic. He's and fantastic. He, and he gets the gets the tenor of what everything else should be.
1: And actually, I thought I thought Jamie Foxx was fantastic. You know, I really, I I really enjoyed him, and I like Jamie Dornan. Dornan, Jamie Dornan, yeah, yeah, a lot as well. So you know, you have kind of an extraordinary cast. You know, and some of them are actually very good, but they just can't bring the film out of it. And actually, part of the problem is Egerton. You know, I don't think he has the charm and the hardiness, and you know, uh, I think he's miscast in this actually. And and also, I I didn't even like his body, right? And and maybe it's my own prejudice because you always think of like Robin Hood as being lithe and athletic, and you know, being able to leap and you know, and do all kinds. And actually, they they have this moment where they show him with his shirt off, and he looks like the thing. He's just like this huge muscle mass yeah right which feels like all wrong for this film there is no it doesn't feel wrong for this film but it feels
0: wrong for for me it's what you know of robin hood Mm. that's the difference in this film i think it makes perfect sense because they're turning it into more of a a kind of guy ritchie inflected sort of guns and geezers version of of the of the folk sort of myth so you know you see this kind of training montage where he's kind of pulling massive chains and becoming big and strong and so on. So when you see him with his top off and he's and he is this enormous thing, um, it makes sense from everything that you've seen that that's what they were building him to be. Okay,
1: well, you know, we have a different view of this because I think, you know, when you're that big, you're not life, your muscles are no, no, all no, that's what I mean. up. <coughs> I, I
0: think, you know, it might be wrong-headed, for the, the the concept might be wrong-headed, but it makes sense within this film because I think the whole film is kind of built to to make people kind of big and strong and as opposed to kind of lithe and and sort um, of, yeah, witty well, <laughs> agile and that sort of thing. Like, yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, but it, it it doesn't make sense in a way because he's supposed to be kind of good at sneaking and stuff as well. It doesn't add up. Like, you think he must be better at just punching down a wall?
1: Yes, exactly. Um, but it's, uh, it's it's very ill conceived. Yeah,
0: um, I mean, he is miscasting. I I, I think. I, I like him, right? I do like him. I, I mean, like he, him. He has a certain charm and a certain kind of twinkle. Yeah, you, know, you see that in Kingsman. I mean, I, he's I love him in Kingsman, Kingsman,
1: but I think he's very miscast. But he is miscast here. He doesn't, uh, he, and I don't think he can carry it. And but I, have a I think they should have cast Jamie Dornan as Robin Hood. Oh, maybe. Um, yeah.
0: Well, no, <laughs> I, I'm not going to speculate. He it, has the gonna...
1: cheekiness and he has the charm, you know, and he could throw an arrow. as Well, well. I
0: don't know, but um, I mean, I think he's cast for. Well, as his character, he's very good. Um, so, but I know, and I think you know, that there's this kind of it sets up a sequel at the end where he's going to be the new baddie, yeah, which is interesting. I don't think he'll make a good one. Um, I don't think there'll be
1: a sequel considering how well, sure. you know, how this is done.
0: You sure? I mean, it is flopping like hell. Um, I want to talk about I had a problem with the kind of central conception of the character in a way of Robin Hood, where so obviously the film is doing it's doing an origin story, um. Where it says you know this he, he he wasn't he wasn't Robin Hood at first he was Robin of that he was a lord, um, and he's and he's you know sort of privileged and what have you and he owns a stables with horses and a big castle, and then he gets sent off to the Crusades, um, and when he comes back, uh, everything's sort of been taken from him like the, the, the castle his, his home has been, um, wherever the word you, know, possessed. Not possessed, but it's repossessed, repossessed by um, by the sheriff of Nottingham, and all this stuff's kind of been taken. People think he's dead, you know. I mean, it's, there's this kind of vague hint. You might think that they told everyone he was dead so that they could repossess his stuff. Mm. Um, either way, he's that's the implication. That seems to be the implication. It was to me at least. Uh, he's so he sort of has nothing, and people are surprised even to find that he's alive. He keeps himself quiet, and he develops into Robin Hood. And what and what what is Robin Hood, right? Well, the famous thing is he steals from the rich and gives to the poor. He's this you know, sort of uh, revolutionary leader figure um, in in kind of English folk history. Um, obviously, completely fictional, but that's that's his kind of that's his that's the centerpiece. That's the central thing of his story. And I mean, I was thinking I was thinking about this, and I was thinking in comparing it to the Errol Flynn one. In terms of the conception of the character. So that, that character, the Errol Flynn one, is kind of everything you think of as, as a classic hero. You know, kind of self-possessed and witty and in charge of everything and, and does things himself and can't be beat and all this kind of stuff. And there's no origin story to Errol Flynn's Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. You see him at the start of the film and he is fully formed. Mm-hmm. He is the hero right at the beginning. And in here, obviously, um, Robin Hood is not. But in terms of him becoming Robin Hood, it's not until, like, probably it must be more than halfway into the film. It must be much more than halfway into the film that he actually does something of his own accord. He's told what to do by everyone all the time, particularly um, John, mm. who he, who comes back with him from the Crusades mm. and said, you know, "John's the one who drives everything, right? John's the one who says." I want to start a revolution. Mm. I hate the people in power. I hate this, that, and the other. Mm. But I've lost my hand, so I can't fire an arrow anymore. So you're going to do it with me because I see because you helped because you helped you you tried to
1: save my son. So I see something in you. I bet you, I bet you, uh, um, Fox had a hand in it, you know, because I'm sure that in order to get him in the film, the screenplay had to be reworked. And the biggest, the biggest, he is the biggest name in the film.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm not going to talk about kind of where it might come from, but the but the effect of it is that I. I didn't see why Robin was who he was. Like he, he didn't even have. Like, I get that. Okay, he wants to win Marion back because he was going out with her at the start, and then blah blah blah, she leaves him, and blah blah. So he wants to win her back. That's his kind of central motivation, which isn't that strong. I mean, you don't see it that much. either. he's just, he, he's just sort of dispossessed and a bit grumpy about it. But in terms of in terms of anything else, like he doesn't have any beliefs. He doesn't believe in you know, the, the the awful kind of conditions that he's seeing. He doesn't believe in the injustice of the people at the top taking everything and overtaxing the poor and, you know, this war effort and so on. He doesn't have any belief. He well, just he, no, follows what John no, no, no. tells him to do.
1: No, that's not quite right because, you know, it all stems from him, which I didn't understand either, but it all stems from him trying to rescue John's son from being beheaded. Yeah. And as a result... Shooting at his own comrades and freeing up all the prisoners of war, which actually makes no sense yeah you know uh, at all, so you know kind of that's 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 a moment which you know which is meant to somehow tell us of you know how he will become Robin Hood, but it doesn't work yeah well no I mean I don't,
0: I don't think it completely fails like i mean it, that scene makes sense as far as um you know he sees this he he sees them beheading people that they have no reason to
1: behead because they're no they're no threat. You're so you, generous, Mike. This is as no, no, bad that, as a film gets. No, no just,
0: that, that's, that scene makes sense. These people are being kept prisoner. They're no threat. They're not armed. The one, you know, the kid who uh, um, who kind of sets him off is is John's kid. He's a, he's a boy. He's like you know, he's 18 years old or something, maybe younger. So um yeah you know, these people are in a situation where they're being sent to war just as he just as he is yes. and his friends that's so so that he would kind of see commonality between him and the prisoners and and find that their these executions see- are
1: brutal and unnecessary makes perfect sense. but there's no but to me it doesn't because there's a contradiction between finding what is being done to that boy immoral and to to shoot at his own comrades which is what he does. He throws arrows at his own colleagues, the people who he's been fighting with. That makes no sense to me at all. Well,
0: I'd watch that scene again. I mean, I'm not not saying you're wrong. That's not what I mean by that. But I mean, I would watch that scene again to actually see the... Like, it's like a Greedo shoots first sort of thing where he, he, he uses his sword to block the axe coming down. But then as to how the fight then develops and who shoots who first, I can't remember. I genuinely just can't remember. I mean,
1: to me, there's one thing about trying... You know to prevent this murder from happening or you know this beheading from happening which is heroic and it makes sense to me right but think of the analogy think like you said if this was black hawk down if this was a film kind of set you know in iraq now or whatever and to in order to try to save one of the enemy being shot a guy turns on and shoots at all his own but comrades I mean that just ma- that but that's just what I'm would saying. Be unforgivable.
0: But my point is I don't remember if that is exactly how the scene develops. The difference between him stopping the axe coming down and then them attacking him the difference between that and
1: him attacking them first but, is important. But them you said but this is the thing because the them and him it's meant to be we they're fighting on the same side. Well that okay they're, but when, we're soldiers. talking about something
0: specific that happened in this film him and the and him, him and his his fellow troops like it's fair enough to use the words they and he, at the moment.
1: But I'm trying to. What I'm trying to say is that the scene makes no sense because he ends up shooting at the people who he's fighting a foreign war with, who he presumably, actually not presumably, we're told he's been there for two years, right? Hmm. So. It just four makes years. or four years, so it makes no sense. I don't think it makes no sense. So, like, it's like an Edward Snowden
0: thing. It's like he, this is the point where he goes, "I can't do this. I can't. I can't back up what's happening here." Okay, that I don't makes wanna, perfect sense.
1: I, I, it doesn't make any sense to me, but you know, it doesn't make
0: any sense to you. You so you you think he should just go along with it?
1: Um, I can't understand, and I think it would be inconceivable for a soldier. To shoot at his own pe at his own at his own um, comrades. Does this make any sense?
0: Well, like I say, I mean, you, you you keep on saying he shoots at them, and the and that implies to me shoots at them first before any retaliation. And I can't remember if that's how that scene goes. I can't remember if they shoot at him first. Because he stops the axe coming down.
1: Well, they that's have, the one thing he definitely does. They end up, they end up shooting him at the end. That's for sure, because he gets an arrow, right? And the arrow comes from somewhere. And I don't think it's just. Um...
0: But in terms of, but after he stops that blade coming down, can you tell me that you remember who starts the shooting? I can't.
1: Well, I can't actually, but he does. And I think there's an important distinction, and he also frees. All of the prisoners of war hmm. right so um, you know yeah. and actually kind of um, you know the sergeant or whatever shoots him just to so get him out of his way and, and go back home you know so actually I think in, you know within a certain because the film is trying to make an analogy between what happens there you know and you know what what is happening now hmm. in the Middle East Right, so so I think anyway by that criteria, his actions are not comprehensible to me.
0: Okay, um, but but the, the 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 larger point that I was making at first is that um, I, you know I I I think that he is a uh, he's weak as a hero. Like I get the idea they're trying to make him develop into a hero, and that's fine. But I think so little of it actually comes from him. You know, even if it was a case of him. Um, Kind of learning things, like learning what the situation is like for people in the gutter, yeah, and then and 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 learning about how they're being um, exploited by the people at the top. It's, it doesn't do any of that, right? So it's so like I say, he's he's told basically by John, "Let's start a revolution." And every kind of moment along the way, John says, "We need to do this. We need to do this. We need to do this." The film,
1: the film is so mixed up because you can see how, in a way, they're trying to make a comic book superhero out of him, right? You know. They they give him an origin story. They give him a secret identity, which actually, in other versions of Robin Hood, he doesn't have a secret identity, you know. Um, so here he, they give him a secret identity. And then, actually, they reveal the identity anyway. You know, so it kind of... You well, know, reveal it to certain people at, at different times. But that even doesn't make sense. You know, you're revealing it to kind of everybody who works in the mines. And you imagine, well, that, you know... Kind of the sheriff is going to know about that tomorrow. You think he doesn't have spies in the? <laughs> like I, I think that's taking too practical a point of view on it. That scene where he reveals his identity to
0: everybody is the scene of him, you know, sort of taking control of his of his of his destiny and and making the point about who he is and and putting his trust in everyone. Else. Twice he says in that scene, "I I need you," and no point does he say, "You need me." That scene is all about I need your help, and it's about him putting his trust in everybody else. yeah, yeah and giving well, his identity to them is. Biggest way of doing
1: that. Then why it's go so to easy. the trouble of making it a secret identity beforehand? Except that you know, c- comic book superheroes now have a secret identity. Right, it's a secret you at know. first because it's yeah, kind
0: because
1: I mean, it, well, they need well, they need some people to not know who he is while they're stealing shit. It's it's very unimaginative. Oh god! Oh, and say- very inconsistent. Um, and very badly done. I mean, even that scene that you're talking about—it's it's so poorly done. Yeah, that scene is really uh, badly done. I mean,
0: I wanted to bring that up. I wanted to say that he—he he, he gives a—it's Will who's giving a speech for everyone, saying we need to do this, that, and the other, and then he pops in at the back saying, "No, I'm Robin of Loxley, Here I am." And when he when he's giving this speech that's supposed to be the inspiring blah blah blah, and here and here's my identity, um, he keeps on turning his back to the camera. Like, I get that there are people standing all around him, so he's trying to. He's trying to address everyone in this scene at once. But actually, like there is there are ways of staging that and performing it that don't involve you just turning away from the camera all the time. It's really weird <laughs> so you, to look
1: at. So you see, we're just kind of going on and on and kind of and you mount a little defense and find something nice to say. No, I'm saying then... there are
0: plenty of problems, but there are really interesting things as well beneath it. I think there are interesting ideas. Okay, I, think, are... I think I think the sense of revolution is really palpable and really strong. And the energy so it doesn't have it doesn't have the lightness of tone that, that you know, your Errol Flynn one does. But then I don't think your Errol Flynn one could convey the kind of seriousness of feeling of revolution that this does.
1: Well, seriously, it's relative. I think it tries to do that, and I think it does so in quite a banal and... Um in quite a banal and unconvincing fashion, really. It's kind of... And, you know, there's a whole series of films that are kind of making those analogies now. I mean, it's not new or original, you know, in A, making that analogy, or kind of... Um, and certainly not in making it exciting. You know? Well, I didn't say it's an analogy. I didn't say
0: it's new or original. But I, I said it's actually... I think it's quite energetic and quite bracing at points. You well, feel you feel these people, you feel their... They're, um, You know, their fight, their energy.
1: Well, I didn't feel that. And I always got kind of taken out of the drama (laughs) by things like, you know, the way people spoke. Uh, So, um, yeah, I kind of... Mm -hmm. The only thing that I can find good to say about it is I did actually like, you know, aspects of the design and the clothes. Like, you you feel there's an interest... It was an interesting project some at some point, like you can tell somebody was interested in kind of doing something interesting with that you know that somehow hasn 't come across and I also very much liked some of the performers. I do think kind of the direction is atrocious, like on so many different levels, hmm. um, and that includes the direction of actors, right because you can see how you know some people are just really good, and other people who are normally really good don 't come off at all. Right, and none of the performances have a consistency of tone. Actually, every time Tom Milchin appeared, Tim Milchin, Tim Milchin, Tim Minchin. Okay, every time he appeared, it was like <laughs> I didn't like him at all. I thought he was miscast too.
0: Yes, he's terrible. Um, I mean, I, 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 I mean, he's not. He, I don't know why people. I don't know why he's been cast. He's not an actor, as far as I'm aware. Really, he's he's a comedian and a singer, but he, he's not a. I've never seen him act before.
1: No, well, he's not very good. No. And every time he opens his mouth, it kind of. Gets the film out of, you know, yeah. whatever kind of mood or world it had begun to coalesce. He snaps. He snaps it onto like, you know, some some yeah, other it, thing. Well, they they
0: try and use um, him as comic relief, essentially. Like he's he's Friar Tuck, who is kind of constantly a little bit out of his depth or that sort of thing. But he's not funny. But he's not. Yeah, I mean, he's just not funny. Yeah. Um, um, but I did like um that that he and Marion are staging their own revolution. I don't know if that's in other versions of the story, um, but I very much liked this because I didn't see it coming. So you've got the, it's that scene at the kind of high society party in the church where there's gambling and debauchery mm. and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, the, the, the priests being <laughs> surrounded by women and stuff. Kind of classic sort of corruption of the church stuff. I mean, in fact, we talked in, in the Widows podcast about the way that that film... Every time you see the church in that film, it's it's in it, 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 it's about political intrigue and corruption and power and money. And it's like well, it's the same in Robin Hood. <laughs> Interestingly, like the the, the the conception of the church is identical, really. Yes, it has been like um, that for a long time. Um, um, but so in in that scene, you've got um, Robin and uh, John working to kind of kind of you know, work their way into a society, the, the, the upper echelons of society, so they can whatever <laughs> just what do you ferment their revolution but what you what you see as well unbeknownst to Robin and John is that Marion and the friar are working together too to do something similar and out of nowhere you know so you get this you get you get a scene where they're in, in, in like a basement kind of talking about what they're going to be doing at the past like their 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 version of the revolution and it's and it's similar to the john and robin scenes where they're doing the same thing which i thought was great cuz like you kind of you get this feeling of again that that helps to communicate that you know this revolution isn't coming from out of nowhere like other people feel the same way well it's not like robin comes along and starts it
1: i i, I just don't find that as like exciting as or, or praiseworthy as you do i thought it was I mean, interesting and my thing is like so what
0: well well, well 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 when you say so what i mean you know, what the film could very easily have done, what I was, I was expecting it to do, was to have Robin come along and say, I'm going to lead a revolution. But actually, it goes, he's not the only one. He and John aren't the only ones. There is, there is feeling elsewhere.
1: I thought, you know, it's a subtlety, but I liked it. Well, I don't think it's that much of a subtlety, and other versions of Robin Hood have that as well. And actually, I mean, you know, I just think that... Robin Hood is is kind of one of those things where you can create a whole new narrative by just kind of, you know, taking a few elements from it, right, mm-hmm. that, are, that, that are recognizable. So, you know, people actually have a lot of freedom in what they do within kind of, you know, those elements uh, or that matrix of elements. And I just think this is a very kind of unexciting um, iteration of it, actually. I kind of, I, I was bored. Um, by the end, I kept looking at my watch, and I, got, you know, I got. I, it's almost like I was angry, and then I got fed up of being angry. I just got bored of being angry because, you know, I was kind of annoyed by the, the what I think is the sheer ineptitude of this film.
0: It's really badly directed. We can agree on that for sure. And there's and there, there are I mean, this awful, awful dialogue as well. But I don't think it's as stupid as it looks. <laughs> it looks very stupid. <laughs>
1: Know.
0: <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't tell anyone that it's good, and I couldn't tell anyone to go and see it. You know, um, and there are weird lacks like, like you know, I mean, where are the tights? I want to see someone in tights, and and like I say, Sherwood Forest nowhere to be seen. But the but like but then on the other hand, you know, these stories are are there to be retold in different ways. Are there to be reconfigured? But that's know? all right. I don't have any problem with that.
1: You know, kind of my problem is this particular iteration of it, mm. you know, kind of, um, uh, you know, one sees many versions of Robin Hood and, you know, kind of, and, uh, um, you know, just the, the basic structure of the story is even kind of used in many other genres. I, I don't have any problem with that, mm. but, you know, I wonder what, how was this cast you know, sold on this project? Like, what did they tell them they were going to do to make them get on board, right? Because you get the feeling it's not just a paycheck. I mean, there must have been something that, yeah, some kind of grand idea, you know, that somehow just wasn't very well done. And actually, I suspect that you're right, that it was probably that, you know, <coughs> you know, th- there are, there are things that the film is trying to do that you think are interesting. So, for example, it's very kind of... I, uh, yeah. it's 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 a very mixed world you know there's people of color all over England yeah there's kind of you know making a hero out of a Muslim right Which who is a dominant figure in a way that you know little John isn't in any of the other Robin Hoods I mean yeah so I think the film is a critique of the church a critique of power and of corruption and of war right kind of you know I wonder if all of that was kind of you know, what what people were pitched that this film was going to be about. Because otherwise they're signing on is very inexplicable. So, you know, the attempt to deal with those issues and also, you know, the look and design of the film, which I think is very badly filmed, but there's 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 something interesting in the thing itself. It's it's part yeah. it's part of a concept, right? That, you know, clearly doesn't come off, but you can see that there was a concept behind it. Um i do
0: i do like the central setting when you see those those establishing shots i mean they're all c g i but they're they're um essentially bird's eye view shots of uh, of nottingham and it's a town with the enormous enormous church at the top they're sitting like on a hill like a, like a haunted house and all the kind of um uh uh buildings below where people work and uh, and live um you know as you said like not a bit of greenery in sight, the forest somewhere else. Mm. But, you know, I, I liked, I, I liked that setting. I liked the way it looked. And you know, I liked how, you know, it looked one way right at the start of the film and then when Robin returns four years later, it's become such a dirty shithole. Mm. You see all the difference. It's become just black and grey and mm. sooty and um, and, and smoke everywhere and that sort of thing. Um, you know, so that kind of sense of, you know, you, you know what the place used to be. It's not like it's always been like this. This place used to be beautiful. Um, you know, I liked, um, and it, and I guess that there is a sense of like it, it. It means that there's something more to fight for. If it had been set in Sherwood Forest, it, it might feel a bit. Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know how they would have done it, you know, but it might feel more kind of open. Or, or like, I mean, one of the things about the um, uh, the the Errol Flynn one is that Sherwood Forest is it's pretty empty sometimes like they just wander around in it for an awful long time sometimes, especially early on when they're just meeting people. Yes. Um, you know, whereas the sense of crowded, you know, the, the the sense of kind of, um, people forced to, to live close together and kind of try and kind of grab what they can and that sort of thing. It's quite palpable in this.
1: It is. Um, yeah. Um, I don't like it, you know, um, I think I think the film has an odd, weird look, uh, and certainly it's it's not what one associates with with Robin Hood. It is really kind of noirish, um, I which did, I suppose you know. I suppose you could make a very interesting noirish Robin Hood, but again, this is not it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did I did like um, when it came to the uh, fight scene towards the end, the climax where the revolution you know kind of is in full sway, and they go and. Um, they go and take on the, uh, the, the sheriff's you know, mm. army. Um, it was like it was basically like a like riot footage from the past, sort of five ten years in well, the. From UK.
1: Paris yesterday, <laughs> was there a riot in Paris yesterday? Yes, You know, they're, they're rioting and burning things over the price of oil. Oh, really? Over the price of petrol, sorry. Right? I yeah. didn't know.
0: Well, well did they have? That. Did they have? You know, the riot shields and kettling and all that sort of thing. Because um, that was the feeling you got here. Well, they didn't. Then they didn't, they didn't show kettling in this, but um, they, did, they did. They did
1: show kettling. No, They no. had the men with the shields.
0: Yeah, but kettling is when you get all around and you get and you put all the you put all the protesters in the middle. Oh, whereas okay. in this, it was one side and the other side clashing. But um, okay. but still, you know, yeah, exactly. The riot shields and and uh, everyone like like you say. This is where the costume. You know, it's not the way people dressed in the 15th century. It's ba- they basically looked like you know hoodies from yesterday yes. you know with the with the the uh with their t-shirts pulled up over their nose yes. and hoods on lobbing you know uh, mojito cocktails yes. it was great i mean i really liked that
1: well i mean i i kind of i don't mind the idea i just kind of minded the execution mm. um and again you know it feels like there are kind of potentially interesting things that go nowhere or contradict each other or are badly filmed, or, you know, kind of, you know, so, so kind of those things were, were into. I mean, for example, you know, they have a chase sequence, and it's two huge carts chasing after each other. Mm. Well, you know, kind of, that's potentially exciting, you know, but it isn't quite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, had, they had, you know, um, they had sneaking scenes of, of
0: um, you know, kind of sneaking into the castle. When, when he says, I want to do the big job, I want to get into the castle and, and get into the treasury and he, and he, he sneaks under the, um, under the cart, and so on and so forth, like, should have been hugely exciting, wasn't... It's so badly
1: done. Mm. There's no suspense at all. No. You know, so...
0: I agree. I mean, that's a problem. I'm, like I say, don't look at me like, I think the direction's <laughs> good. I'm defending the film in a number of ways, and I think there are there are interesting things, but I agree with you that all of the execution, pretty much all of it, is extremely poor.
1: Let's end it. Yeah. But
0: you know... Don't be a misery guts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thank you very much. You've been listening to Eavesdropping at the Movies.
0: We're on um, iTunes and SoundCloud and YouTube to listen to. Uh, on social media, we're on Facebook and Twitter at Eavesdrop Movies on Twitter and Movies dot com for the full list of all all the movies we've done. We talked about the old Robin Hood,
1: which you know we liked more than this much more than this it's Actually, more colourful it feels like the great classic it is in yeah comparison <laughs> <laughs> uh, so misery guts says goodbye and thank you for listening <laughs>
0: yeah and and you know the man with the lightness of spirit,
1: spirit. <laughs> is that you that's me I'm generous you <laughs> see I,
0: you are generous I, I still I still <laughs> from, I still joy from misery guts is <laughs> And just keep
1: it to myself. (laughs) (laughs) All right, goodbye.